The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 West in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. You all seem like you're in kind of a good mood today. Is that what, what's, uh, what's the deal with the clapping? Twice spontaneous, yeah, I, I don't know. Hey, that, that's okay. That's a good way to pray, praise the Lord. I wasn't complaining at all. I just was like, what is going on? And at the end of my sermon, I expect a standing ovation. <laughs> Actually, please, no, I'm kidding. In fact, whatever you do, do not do that. Uh, we definitely do not want, th- want, want that. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad. That's, ex- that's exciting. I love it, too. And th- I guess this is the old man in me. But did somebody just say amen? Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I love it when the lights are on. When I stand up here and make announcements, I can't see your faces. That drives me crazy. I can't see what's going on, you know, when we have that. So we might have to just, I might have to bring a flashlight up here uh, when I'm making announcements so we can do that. Okay, we are in Daniel chapter 12. Doesn't that look pretty exciting? Shining in the darkness. Isn't that kind of a motivational, inspirational idea? Uh, We have been in Daniel for quite a while here. And you might remember, uh, I said that the first six chapters of Daniel are narrative. They tell the story. I want to review just see if I can get them. Daniel chapter 1 is uh, the Hebrew children are taken captive and they won't defile themselves with the king's meat. Uh, Chapter 2 is Nebuchadnezzar's vision. Chapter 3 is the fiery furnace. Chapter 6 is the lion's den. Chapter 5 is the, I had to go backwards. Chapter 5 is the writing on the wall. So chapter 4 was, oh, Nebuchadnezzar's pride. And remember when he ended up being a beast? You know, uh, okay, anyway, Uh, that's that's how that goes. So uh, what I want to look at is... um, the last chapter of the section that is really prophetical. And I told you, I had to work a whole lot harder once we got to the set. I mean, the first six chapters kind of preached themselves. I told you the last six were going to be tough. I have to be honest with you, this week was easy. I got reading chapter 12, and I thought, oh, there it is, Lord. It's just kind of like popped off the pages the sermon was. I just want you to know when you're overpaying me, because I didn't work that hard for the sermon. It was just there all over, all over the place. And I've been real excited to get here and share with you what's going on here. Now, now, I've got a few different things we're going to look at during this story. We're going to talk about two places of judgment, uh, two answers that we seek or questions that we all have that we're going to ask, uh, two responses to difficulty that we'll see in here, and then three words that I want us all to remember. So we're going to go ahead. Uh, there are only 12 verses in Daniel chapter 12. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and read through the, it in its entirety, and then we're going to back up and look at these things. So first up here. At the time uh, shall arise Michael, the great prince, who was in charge of your people. Remember the archangel Michael. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never since uh, their uh, nation until that time. Sorry, I just killed that verse. But uh, remember we talked about that last week. A time of trouble unparalleled uh, here for the people of God. But at that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone whose name shall be written in the Lamb's, or I'm sorry, in the book of life. We read that last week. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall wake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Then it goes on, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. You think that could describe our world today? There's a lot of knowledge, 
Get out your cell phone there. It's, it's everywhere. Maybe not a lot of wisdom, but definitely uh, full of knowledge. And then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, two others stood, one on the bank of the stream and one on the, uh, and one on the bank of the stream. I think that's right. Uh, and someone said to the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the stream, How long shall it be till the end of these wonders? And I heard a man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the stream, and he raised his right hand, and then he raised his left hand towards the heaven, and he swore by him who lives forever that it would be for a time, times, and a time, and, and then a half a time. Let me just mention uh, for a second here. You might remember this. The last three chapters uh, are all connected. In chapter 10, we remember, we found that when Daniel received this vision from the angel, uh, he was very troubled. He was very bothered. So this is really an angel that has come and sent again to Daniel. And the question comes, how long is this going to last? And uh, the angel is going to come, and he's going to kind of quiet down the, the heart of Daniel, who is troubled. Uh, he's going to him, talk to him and explain these things. And he raises his hand. He raises his other hand and says, I just want you to know, hey, this is, this is a message from God. Uh, you're going to get this uh, and, and understand this. And then he, he says the time will be for a time, a times, and half a time. Most Bible interpreters, and some of you remember this, we, we saw this earlier in Scripture, a time is a year, and then times, so we got two years, and then half a time. So I can't do it with my fingers. So we're at three and a half. How's that? Uh, so we're at three and a half, and some of you remember that a lot of people believe that there's a three and a half year time of tribulation that is the most intense time, and uh, it is talked about here. Now let's go on. And that when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, all these things will be finished. And I heard, <laughs> this is going to be my life verse, and I heard, but I did not understand. I think if I ever get a verse tattooed, that's the one I should get. I heard, but I didn't understand. That works in my marriage. That'll work everywhere. <laughs> did you hear me? Yes, I heard you, but I did not understand. Okay, then I said, O oh Lord, what shall be the outcome of these things? There's a second question that he asks. And he said, go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined, but the wicked shall act wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but those who are wise shall understand. And from that time, the regular burnt offering is taken away and the abomination that makes desolation is set up. And there shall be 1,290 days. If you uh, can do the math real fast on that, I think we're right at about three and a half years again with 1,290 days. And blessed is he who waits and arrives at the 1,335 days, but go your way to the end, and you shall rest and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. Now, I'm sure that some of you, as we read through that, put some pieces together. Some of you uh, can claim that verse that we looked at at the beginning where Daniel said, I heard, but I don't understand. So let's go back and point out a few things. Like I said, when I first read this chapter on Monday morning, it was like these things just jumped off the page and said, okay, here, here's where we go. And the first thing that I mentioned that we want to look at comes from chapter, uh, verse number two. And it says, many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall wake. It says, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Now, how many of you have ever had a pastor or listened to a pastor that will uh, tell you to underline things? Underline that verse. Anybody, you know what I'm talking about? You listen to him. Underline that verse. Uh, I, there's enough rebel in me. I never like that. No, I will not underline. I will underline what I want to. Actually, there, there's also I found that I underline 
and later on I can't remember why I underlined it. And I just had this mark in my Bible because uh, I'm a little spacey. I heard, but I did not understand. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, uh, if you've heard the pastor say, or get your highlighter out, and this is a key thing you want to mark it, I'm going to tell you with this, I want you to do the opposite. If you have a Sharpie, just take this verse and cross it all out, if you would, get it out of there. Because people don't want to hear about judgment. Okay, we got, we got to get rid of that. Uh, the incredibly unpopular concept is to talk about the idea that there is such a thing as judgment, that God executes judgment upon sin. So we'll just erase it. Now, if you do not know me well, yes, I am being sarcastic. We are not going to, to erase it. Uh, I was watching this week, and I, I won't mention his name, but there is a very well-known preacher whose son has come out, and he has a TikTok following of close to a million, and uh, he likes to promote his... I don't know how else to say this, promote his atheism. He doesn't really attack his father, but he does. He's about 41 himself, and, uh, he, but he does attack Christianity on a regular basis. And, and, uh, and one of the things, so I, I listened to a couple of his TikToks, and uh, one of them he's basically saying, so I'm going to church, and they're telling me all about, and he quoted John 3.16, for God so loved the world. They tell me how there is a God of love. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. He quoted that whole verse, and then he said, then they turn around and tell me about the judgment of God. And it just doesn't make any sense to me that you have judgment and you have God's uh, love. And he said, it's just, and, you know, again, he has close to a million followers that, that seem to agree with that. But I'd want to say to him, not that he's going to ask me, but if we ever have a conversation, I'd like to say, um, okay, you quoted the verse that said God gave his son. Why did God give his son? Why did God have to give his son? Why did his son have to come to earth? Why did his son have to die a horrible death? Why did his son have to raise again victorious over that? Why did all that happen? Because there is such a thing as judgment. And Jesus came to bear that judgment. Jesus came to take that judgment. In fact, I said the uh, first thing I wanted to look at was two different places of judgment. Here's what I mean by that. Sin will be judged. We have a holy God, okay? And and please understand, um, I'm not supposed to get up here and tell people everything they want to hear. I've got to do the very best I can to teach the Bible, okay? Okay. And uh, I cannot ignore this in the Bible. We have a God who judges sin. Sin will be judged. My sin will be judged. It will be judged in two, one of two places. Either it will be judged on... This is actually really good. <laughs> okay? I'm not patting myself on the back. I don't know where I heard it. it was, but I thought, sin is going to be judged in two places. It's either going to be judged on the cross of Jesus Christ, my sin will be, or it will be judged in hell. Okay? That eternal condemnation that was mentioned there. And there was a day in my life when I said, dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I trust you for forgiveness of sin. I trust that what you did on the cross is you took my judgment for me. And remember the last verse, whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. I believed in him and I trusted in him. And therefore, that is my claim to eternal life. It has absolutely nothing to do with me being a good person because the better I get, the more I get to know myself, the less I like myself. Uh, I don't deserving of anything there. But by, because my sin was judged on the cross, that's enough. He paid for it. In a little while, and we'll talk more about this later, but in a little while, we're going to observe the Lord's Supper, and that's what we remember is that Jesus paid the price for my sin. So the first thing, I read that verse, and, and uh, actually we read it last week, and I thought, oh, you know, we, we won't really 
a lot of times we don't want to really dwell on that. We don't want to talk about the judgment of God because that's not what people want to hear about. But let me, expl- let me say again, if there is no judgment for sin, why did the Son of God come to lay down his life? He came because sin will be judged, either on the cross or in hell. Now, a second thing that stood out to me, uh, popped out from this passage as I looked at it, is that there are two questions that people are looking for. And, and I'm going to jump ahead for a second here. Uh, in, in one place it says, Someone said to the man clothed in linen who's above the waters of the stream, How long shall it be till these wonders? That's one of the questions we always ask when difficult times. Remember, we've been kind of setting the stage here at the end times. Things are going to be difficult. The one question we always ask in difficult times is, How long? How long is this going to last? The second question we like to ask comes down here where Daniel said, Oh, my Lord, what shall the outcome of these things be? Okay, how long? Let me go back for a second and put our two questions up there. We want to know how long and to what end. Okay, why, you know, what is going to happen? It has been said that mankind can endure almost anything if he knows how long it's going to last and he, if he knows there's a blessing at the end. Okay, now think about it. I'm going to use an illustration Half the crowd get ready to get mad at me because every time I use this illustration, people get mad at me. Okay, you ready? They want to slap me. Um, I'm going to use the illustration of childbirth. Every time I talk about that, when you read in Romans, the Bible talks about the earth groans and childbirth, and I remember I preached on that one time, and, you know, ladies are like, you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and then I made a crucial mistake, guys, never do this, and I say, I heard that uh, passing a kidney stone is like childbirth, and uh, that makes them even matter. Do not say that. Okay, don't even, th- don't even think that. Uh, don't even go there. A kidney stone is this big! An 11-pound baby! Okay, uh, but uh, anyway... What If you think about that whole idea, what if I suggested to somebody, hey, uh, no, there's no baby at the end of this thing, but wouldn't you enjoy just being pregnant for a while <laughs> and going through the pain of childbirth? No baby at the end? Not going to fly very well, is it? If we know there's an end to it, and if you know there's a blessing at the end, you know, maybe a better illustration would be a trip to the dentist. Nobody gets thrilled about the idea of uh, the drill coming into your mouth. But if you know it's going to take away the pain that you've been having, maybe I can endure this for a while. The physical trainer who's coming and rehabbing you. You know, yes, it's going to hurt the exercise that he's making you do or she's making you do. And yet at the same time, you know the end is good. And and I, I think it is true that if we know that there is a limit, but these are the questions that we always ask when going through difficulty, is there an end? And I think when you look at, you know, even the things about the year or the time and the uh, times and the half a time, the three and a half years and the, and the timing of all that, you can get into a deep study to try to figure out the exact timing of things, but we don't want to most imp- miss the most important thing that God is telling us there. And basically what he's saying is this will end. Okay, the end will come. There is an end. He wants us to know that. And then he also, of course, uh, you know, throughout the passages that we've looked at in, in Daniel, you know, he talks about this, you know, the, the light, you know, where it will shine forever in that place. So he talks about there is an end and it will be worthwhile is the message of Scripture. But when we face difficulty, these are the questions we want answered. Okay, now a third set of two things that I saw that jumped out in here come from just this one verse. I believe it's verse number 10. Sorry, clicky, clicky. There we go. Two, two. Okay, there are two responses to evil 
uh, coming and the nastiness that's going on, there are two responses when the world gets dark and times get hard. Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined, but the wicked shall act wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but those who are wise shall understand. I wanted to point out what is happening here during the difficult times. There's two responses. One group goes towards righteousness and purification. The other goes more towards wickedness. Now, when I say righteousness and purification, true righteousness is only found in the person of Jesus Christ. Okay, so I'm saying one, one group is going towards him, trusting in him and his righteousness. The other group is going to move away. And what I want to, to say about this is, I think the Bible teaches this very plainly. The day is coming, if you will, where things are going to get darker. Okay? Life is going to get tough. The day is coming. And again, I may, I've said this throughout the thing. I'm, I'm not making any prediction about when. Uh, in fact, I said last week, I don't know if it's my lifetime, your lifetime. And you find somebody looks really young. Your lifetime. <laughs> There's a, uh, <laughs> no. Uh, you, were, you were in the middle group, just so you know. Uh, Adam wants to volunteer. But uh, I, I don't, I'm not predicting. But I am saying the Bible says that there is darkness that is going to come. And the darker the things get, okay, here's the thing, the more the light is going to stand out. If you will, okay, the darker things get. So that division is coming. And I, I've also said this many times before. I try to be careful in my life that I do not needlessly drive people away from Christianity by being rude. Because I believe that there's going to be enough just about our loving God that eventually people don't want to hear it. The darker things get, the more the light is going to become offensive. We don't want to hear it. Now, I wanted to take you with that just for a little side note to something that the Lord reminds me of here. In my life, I found this consistently in the past, and it still creeps back into my life. Whenever I go in the right paths, okay, I follow the Lord and I move in the right path, eventually creeping into my heart becomes a self-righteousness. In other words, whenever I stand for right, whenever I take that path towards saying, hey, this is, I want to follow the Lord, I can become very judgmental. It comes into my life. Again, I'm saying this in hoping that it connects with some of you too because you might struggle with that some, somewhat too. And I think we need to be careful when we understand that this division is coming between those who are following God and those who are not, that this group over, what is the criticism going to be of God's people? You bunch of Pharisees? And I've mentioned this before, many times the reason why God's people are called Pharisees is because we act pharisaical. And we could go into this, really, we could go into this in quite a bit of detail, but I just want to give you one, if you will say, kind of a test to give yourself. Uh, some of you might be familiar, sorry, I wanted to look at my reference here. Uh, in uh, Luke chapter uh, 18, Jesus is talking about the Pharisees and a tax collector and some of you might remember this story, but uh, the uh, Pharisee prays, and what does he say? He says, I am glad that I am not like that guy, okay? And I think as we move, move toward, I don't know if I'm making any sense or not, but whenever I start to think of myself as, hey, you know what? That's right. There's going to be a division between God's people and the wicked. The more, the more we look at that, those who want to follow God and those who don't, we're going to see that. And I'm going to be on the right side, bless God. That's all good. But in my heart, I become self-righteous real fast because I'm doing the right thing. Why aren't you? 
and I can become that way. And I needed, and I believe the Holy Spirit brought to my mind, I needed the reminder that whenever I find myself like that Pharisee looking around and saying, I'm glad I'm not like him. I'm glad I'm, and I'm worried about other people all the time and how they're behaving, that God brings me back from that pharisaical avenue that I want to go down, if, if that makes any sense. Uh, hope, hopefully it does. Because, you know, when I, when I find myself, you know, again, holding on to this idea, hey, at least I'm glad I am not like them. God reminds me that I am what I am because of the grace of God. And what I said before is so crucial. I am no more deserving of God's love than anybody else. People are going to react to the light and they're going to turn away. I want to make sure that I am following God, but I also want to make sure that I am not driving others away by my self-righteousness and my, by my thinking that I'm better than other people. Some of you might remember, too, um, a story of um, John, when John is talking to Jesus at the end of the book of John, and uh, Jesus is telling him what's in his future. And you might, might remember this. We referred to it a couple months ago in church. But uh, he was telling them about his future and how hard it was going to be. And John uh, looked over and he said, well, what about him? Okay, what, what about him? And Jesus said, don't worry about him. Worry about you. Uh, and uh, and just, to, just remember that when, when we think about that. Because oftentimes when that divide grows between light and darkness and the people are following God and the people aren't, we will be prone to, to being Pharisee. And, uh, and Jesus addresses those things, the issue of the heart. Now, the last thing I want to point out is not two things, but three things. And there are three words that you find in those two verses. You find them in verse number 9 and verse number 12. And it's basically the instruction is, Daniel, go your way. Okay? Uh, I don't know if you remember this from, a te- from our text, but there's a couple times in there when it said, Daniel, seal this up. Seal this up for now. Okay, you're not going to understand this completely now. These things are coming. Set it aside. Seal it up for now. And in the meantime, go your way. Okay, now it doesn't mean do whatever you want to do. What it means is do the things that you're supposed to do. Okay, in the meantime, seal it up and just go about doing the things that you're supposed to do. That's the admonition. And I want to uh, challenge uh, you know, or ask the Lord to challenge our hearts with that same idea that uh, with those three words, in the meantime, you follow me. You know, going back to, that was John 21, I talked about that, that story, uh, I'm sorry, and I, <laughs> I messed up before, Peter uh, was the guy who looked at John and said, hey, uh, what about him? And he said, don't worry about him. You do, you do, but you know, if we can come back to that place where we understand we are to do what it is that God calls us to do and you know i mentioned the idea that the darker things get that the brighter the light is going to shine and we see in that first of all the need that there will be for that light but i want you to picture that for a second we uh my wife and i are headed down to see her parents this week and uh, i love to make fun of their hometown just because it's called poto and this is great. I mean, if you think of anything, I know it's, it's very close to Podunk. Uh, and yet, trust me, it's very close to Podunk. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're going to get down there. And uh, what is there to do in that town? There really isn't much. We, we take a lot of walks. Yeah, let's take a walk again. <laughs> okay. Except in the summertime, it's too hot. So I don't know what we're going to be doing. Uh, there, it's, it's not a real happening town. Uh, but the one thing that I have found that I, I do love there is to go outside at night. 
because you look up top and you can see the stars like you can't see them around here. You know why, right? Because there is no other light. Uh, you know, we're out in the country and some of you live out in the country and you experience that. You, you can look and you say, hey, man, how much star, how much brighter the stars are because of the darkness. And I think as we look at it and just to kind of summarize even the book of Daniel and the understanding. Yet, Yes. Remember, Daniel gets these prophecies and there's some things that are going to be uh, revealed to him. Uh, I'm sorry, that are going to be real. They're going to happen in the near future. And that was the kingdoms of Persia and Greece and Rome and all that happened already. And then there's some things that are going to be revealed for the distant or told to him in the distant future and those have not happened yet but that's where he talks about these dark times and even the kingdom of the antichrist and all that that is going to happen there he says this darkness is coming but the message is daniel you do what you're supposed to do because when that darkness comes there is going to be even a greater need for the light to shine and remember back in verse number three it said that the the those that will shine the brightest are those that turn many to righteousness so when we see dark times and and I would say this for the situation of the world when darkness comes upon this earth, but even when it comes to into our lives, uh, sometimes in just the personal part of our story that we're going through, we see great darkness come. We need to understand that this is also an incredible opportunity for that light to shine brighter than ever. And those that shine the brightest are those that are turning many to righteousness. And let me say again, righteousness only found in the person of Jesus Christ. So that is where true righteousness is found. It doesn't mean I want to get everybody to clean up their behavior or anything like that. I want to turn them to a place where because they have trusted in Jesus Christ. And the Bible says this incredibly. It says that what he does is he imparts to us his righteousness. We are righteous because he gives us his righteousness when we come to him in faith and trust. And then that's what we want to turn people to. That's what we want to encourage them to do. So then go your way, okay? Things, things look dark. Things are looking hard. Well, go your way. Okay, what does that mean? That means take care of the things that God has called me to do. That means that I want, what I want to do in going my way is things are difficult. It's kind of shut up for now. We don't know exactly. The, the book is sealed up for now. We don't know exactly when these things are going to happen. What I want to do right now today is I want to do the very best I can at loving my wife like Christ loved the church. I want to do the very best I can as shepherding the people in my life, my kids, my grandkids, uh, as best I can in the direction of Jesus Christ. I want to do the best I can uh, when uh, and the opportunities come for those who are living in darkness because they don't have the light of Jesus Christ in their life. I want to do the very best I can to share that light with them, that message that indeed Jesus Christ did come to make a way for us to have a restored relationship with God through our faith and trust in Him. So go your way, okay? So in everything, as we summarize the book of Daniel, it's like, oh man, man, that's nasty. Some of the things come and stuff like that. There's not a, even a little bit of fear that I'm, I'm trying to communicate here. Get scared to death about this. It's going to come. I hope you'll look and you say, hey, the darker it gets, the more the opportunity is for us to shine brighter. And as we can take that as a charge. Now, we're going to do something else in service that uh, we don't do every week, but uh, uh, approximately once a month we take time and we observe what is called the Lord's Supper or communion, um, whatever your background is. I don't, don't know if you're familiar with that. But um, this is something, first of all, we do to be obedient because the Lord said this is something I want you to do, and I want you to do this to remember me. Uh, and on the last night when Jesus was his disciples, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my, bo this is my body. I want you to remember that I came, lived in human flesh, 
and laid down that life for you. I want you to remember that. I want you to remember then my blood was spilled. Okay, that's his life. His life left, left him. He, di- he died for us. He wants us, to, he wants us to remember that. So, like I said, approximately once, once a month around here, other churches do it at a different frequency, but we'll, we'll stop and we'll absor- uh, observe what we call the Lord's Supper. And I wanted to explain that a little bit because if you're our guest today, uh, our church practices what is called open communion, which means you do not have to be a member to participate in communion. But what the Bible says is this is for those who have placed their trust in Jesus Christ as Savior. Okay, so if you are here and that's your situation, you say, I'm trusting in him, and I would like to take the time to remember, to remember that my sin was judged on the cross. Okay, and you want to take some time just to remember that and hopefully a time of humility, then I want to invite you to, in a minute, you'll see and kind of follow the, the example of others where it's going to, there's going to be a little music playing, but you'll have the opportunity to come up and serve yourself. And there is a tray here that has little crackers that we use to represent the body. And then there's a tray here with cups of juice. Uh, there's another table right there that uh, Josh is separating the elements there that you can go to and uh, pick up a cracker and pick up a juice if you are... Um, if you think these would be better, we also put some cups up there that are pre-packaged or, or whatever like that, if that's what you want to use. But um, I also want to say this. If you're like, eh, I don't know what's all going on. It's kind of weird. Then please, please feel very comfortable just to stay seated. You can use this time to kind of uh, talk to the Lord a little bit, pray for somebody you want to, or pray about, uh, you know, God, is there any point in you having me here today? What, what's this all about? Or you can just sit quietly and observe as others observe the Lord's Supper. But we're going to take a time, again, in obedience to the Lord, and we are going to uh, partake of these elements. I, I, I like to take the time each time to explain it. I, I don't know how many of you know this. For those of you that are familiar with church, it's like, okay, I get it, communion, we got it. But uh, I don't know if you knew this or not, but this became a controversial point at several times in history. They were like, those people are cannibals. Uh, you know, they're, they're pretending. And, uh, and I realized that maybe for some of our guests, it, it might seem a little weird. But, and that's why I just wanted to explain that what Jesus said is, do this in remembrance of me. Uh, this is to remind you, see, because if I live remembering, think about that. If I live remembering, first of all, that I needed a Savior, that I need a Savior, okay? Think about how that helps me to walk in humility, gratitude for what He has done in my life. And that's why we take the time just to stop and remember. We call it communion, and I really need to just shut my trap here in a minute because I want you to have the time to shut me out, shut everything else out, and just commune, just talk to, just spend a little time on worshiping the Lord as we do this. So I'm going to pray. We're going to start a little music. You'll see some other folks come up if you would like to go to either that table or this table and pick up the elements. We'll all take them together at the end end of that. Father, um, I'm thankful. Um, I, I go back to just, again, singing about the fact that we can call you Father that we're your child, no longer a slave to fear, but children of God. We're so thankful for that. And Father, I, I pray now that, uh, <laughs> you know, I think about it, Lord, it, it, it's so easy for me to get you know, stuck on what I'm going to say, like that was the most important thing, and it's not. What's important is what you do uh, through the words of your Bible, 
what you do through the praise of your people and through the time when individuals now get along with you. So, Lord, would you truly make this just the best part of the morning here in the next few minutes as we seek to spend some time with you, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email, info at edwardsburg.church, or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.